Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Allison Oconee, our community care pastor, and Ryan Plants, our lead pastor and speaker from Sunday. So, I usually say if you weren't here, but it looked like everyone was here on Sunday. So we were all here. Yeah, we were here. Yes, <laughs> most most people were here on uh, Sunday, but there was obviously some people that probably were on the road or doing other things. Sure. So. If you weren't there, um, Ryan, could you just give like a quick summation? What, what was your message about? Yeah, so um, for me personally, over the last three months, it, it's been uh, a season filled with uncertainty. Um, we came and visited Arbor in April and got to meet all of you and hear Arbor's story and you got to hear my story and that all went pretty well. I would actually say it went really well because here we are now, yeah. right? But in the moment, you're wondering like, you know, did they like me? Cause I liked them and I hope they, you know, like me enough to like want me to come out there and be their pastor. And so there's uncertainty around that. And then we, you know, I got the call to be the pastor here. And so you do that and then you face all the uncertainty of telling the people that you've been doing life with for multiple years mm -hmm. that you're going to be leaving. And then you have the whole house selling situation. And so there's a lot of uncertainty around that. And we have three children. And so them navigating, kind of picking up and uprooting from the place where they've lived for the last seven years. Totally. And so that's a majority of all of their lives, a oh lot of uncertainty for them. And, um, and then moving into a new uh, area, yeah. looking for a home, starting a new job, working with a new team, so much uncertainty. And so mm. the reason I bring up that whole past story is because I know that Arbor has also had a lot of uncertainty mm -hmm. over the last two years as to what this church would look like and would we make it through this season and not just with COVID, but with everything that has unfolded over the last two years at this right. church. Yeah. Mm. And so as I had been spending time praying about uh, this season mm -hmm. and this church and, and my role in this church and just asking the Lord, like, where do we start? Right. It's a daunting thing to think about. Like, where do we start? Right. Um, Cause you have the whole Bible in front of you and right. you're like, I can preach from any, any of it right yeah. now. And I really wish I could remember when I came across that passage in second Corinthians um, from, from Paul. I just, I don't remember when and how I wasn't reading through second Corinthians. I've basically only been reading through the Psalms for like the last year and a half, but I somehow came across this passage and it just seemed to so perfectly sum up what it's like for a pastor and his his flock to be going through an uncertain circumstance brought about through a season of adversity mm -hmm. and how we absolutely hate that right mm -hmm. it's just it's the last thing we want we crave certainty and i think that's that's a eternal craving i think we'll have mm -hmm. some sense of of peace and certainty in heaven mm -hmm. but on this side of eternity we don't have that and I think we long for that. I think one thing that's interesting about that, or there's two things actually I find fascinating about the subject that you chose, you and the Holy Spirit chose. Uh, one, I love that you started your tenure here by um, admitting that there's uncertainty, not just in the human condition, but in your life mm. specifically. And addressing that felt really humble to me um, because you're admitting to all of us that like you don't have answers for every step along the way. And even as our new pastor, there's still some uncertainty that we're working through as a flock. So I love that that felt authentic and human and real and all that kind of stuff, which is mm -hmm. great. 
Um, and what was my second point? <laughs> I liked a couple of things about it, but that I think that's the overwhelming thing mm. that, oh, oh, I know. Because it's a universal condition mm. that we're going to experience so many times in our life in so many ways. We as a staff have heard feedback on your sermon. And so many people have said to us, I felt like that sermon was written for me. Mm -hmm. And their circumstances are all really different. Every person who has said that, um, they're different ages, different genders, different points along the way. And yet it was so incredibly relatable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just love that. Well, and that's Mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about the way God works on this side of eternity is even though we all experience this very universal Mm -hmm. feeling as Mm -hmm. human beings Mm -hmm. on this side of eternity in the fall, Mm -hmm. God in his power and in his providence Mm -hmm. can continue to use that Mm -hmm. in such a way where um, he he uses it for our good, for his glory. He shapes us through it. And it doesn't have to be wasted. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the uncertainty yes. doesn't have to be wasted. And I think there's multiple ways we can waste it. And we can waste it by neglecting it. We can waste it by trying to control it ourselves. And God in, in that passage yeah. says, no, no, you encounter this kind of stuff. Yeah. You encounter hardship. We encounter um, trials so that... Mm-hmm. Um, we would not place our dependence in ourselves, but in God. Because I think that's where our, I, I think in in heaven, uh, in the new kingdom, when yeah. it's fully, finally present, um, that's why we'll have that certainty. Mm. Because that broken part of us that refuses to place our dependence in the king will now finally fully be fixed so we can put our dependence in the king. Mm. That's where that certainty will finally, I think, come from. You had said that we seek comfort and control mm-hmm. in in uncertain times, and it's uh, along with that, placing our comfort, looking for our comfort, and allowing God to control mm-hmm. the thing is also how we can manage mm-hmm. uncertainty on the side of heaven. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I felt like you just nailed that because that's relatable, right? Every yeah. time we have uncertainty, we reach for things that numb us or comfort oh, yeah. us, distract us, mm-hmm. um, or we go into micromanaging the yes. thing, right? Mm-hmm. And both completely unhealthy totally. responses. Yeah, completely unhealthy. And that's why you see there at the beginning of verse 11, um, Paul says, as you join us in prayer. Mm-hmm. Like that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the manifestation of trust. Mm-hmm. And I had just been reading this book by Eugene Peterson this past week called the... Um, it's either the contemplative pastor or contemplative pastor. I'm not quite sure where the <laughs> emphasis would be in that word. Um, but um, but he writes about prayer, and the, the the broader conversation was he writes about it. This is prayers in the middle voice. So in the, in, in the ancient Greek language, there was active, middle, and passive voice. And his whole conception of prayer was in the middle voice. It's not this active thing that we do, and it's not this passive thing we relinquish, but we, in a sense, are in this middle space when we pray that we render control unto God. We don't manipulate the situation, but we're also not just kind of passively offloading it so we can forget about it. We, by the grace of God, are able to sort of jump into that river and participate in what God's already been doing. You know, we're not, we're not prompting God to do anything. God himself is already moving in our lives in so many ways that we can't even comprehend. And when we submit ourselves to the Lord, we aren't just rendering over control or we aren't trying to steer mm-hmm. that river. We are just jumping in and joining mm-hmm. with, with what he's already been doing. Mm. Can't argue with Eugene. No, Mm-mm. no, you can't. You, you, it's in the Bible. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it shouldn't come to a surprise to many, but it might. Uh, 
people that speak at churches regularly have kind of um, a bag, if you will, of sermons to kind of pull out um, when they go visit a new church and guest speak or if they're starting off. Like for you, Ryan, mm-hmm. you're not moved into your new house yet. You're living somewhere else until you get up here. Mm-hmm. Was this a message that you had been crafting over you know, the past couple of years? And in your sermon itself, you mentioned stuff that happened a year ago. Yeah. Was this a message that you have kind of been fine-tuning, crafting over time? Or was this a message that you wrote specifically right here for Arbor? Because um, obviously it's not a wrong answer to say this is actually something I've been working oh, sure. on for a yeah. while and just mm-hmm. it's very relevant to Arbor, so let's share it. Is this something that you've been working on for a while? No, um, I, I've been processing it for the last maybe month and a half. Okay. Um, but this is that's the first time I ever preached that message. Wow, that's um, awesome. Wanted to um, just start um, mm-hmm. our season together yeah. with something new and something fresh. And yeah. so, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a first timer. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So. Um, what was that process like? You said month and a half. So month and a half would still put you in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Was it a, and obviously it can be more than one answer, but was it a burdensome leaving Michigan in that life or was it anticipatory of, I can't wait to get out to Woodenville and share this? It was both and, yeah, for sure. Um, leaving Michigan was was really hard, but some of the the best advice we got was don't neglect the hard goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you take time with those people who mean so much to you mm. to say the hard goodbyes, feel mm. all the feels, and experience yeah. that. And I do not regret that for a second. That mm. was really sound and solid advice. So we mm. were still very much wrestling with the okay, we're leaving this place, and there was a. As difficult as the past year had been, there was a lot of simplicity and security with the area where we lived. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot about life that we had established mm. and patterns that we knew over the last seven years where it was like, we could stay here. You know, we could try to figure it out and make it work. Mm. Um, but on the flip side, there was also a sense where it's like, we absolutely cannot mm. uh, because God is stirring up something new in our heart and. Uh, we we felt like this was absolutely where God was leading us, our family. And so there was also this level of excitement. And um, that in-between space mm-hmm. is, you know, not the funnest spot because it's just emotionally exhausting. Because mm-hmm. you got you have one foot over here, you have another foot over here. And we feel like slowly over time, though, that that's mm-hmm. transitioning and changing. And we hope here in the next a uh, yeah. few weeks that from mm. a practical standpoint, that'll be over. And then hopefully in the next few months, kind of from an mm. emotional standpoint, yeah, that'll be done. One thing I didn't realize till you said it from the pulpit was uh, that it was a year to the date of mm-hmm. a significant anniversary oh, or yeah. milestone yep. in your journey. Um, do you want to tell us just whatever you want to tell us about that? Because I felt mm. it was significant to start something new yeah. mm-hmm. on a day where something had ended. Yeah, it was, um, man, it's one of those things where you could only say, man, only God mm-hmm. could orchestrate that yeah. um, because it does feel like so highly, highly coincidental yeah. because it was uh, it was a Saturday, right? And so like the years changed. And so, right, the 31st on a Saturday becomes the 31st on a, so it was the 31st July, and it was really at the tail end of a lot of very difficult conversations in a very difficult season uh, where we had just come at an impasse uh, with, with our previous church. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that, that Saturday morning, um, I was 
give, sent a text and they said, hey, Ryan, we'd like to meet to discuss your future. Um, do you want to do that tonight or do you want to wait? I had a, a study tour planned of Turkey uh, for the following couple weeks. Do you want to wait till the end of that trip to discuss? And I said, oh, no, absolutely not. We will we will connect tonight about this. And, um, and we met and that meeting lasted all of about five minutes. And, uh, and that was the end. That was, mm. that was the end for me. And so to then see how God, um, mm. in a sense, redemptively brought that full circle. I uh, don't think it was accidental. Do you? Because I, I just, a, I, yeah. an, a year anniversary mm -hmm. to have something else fall on that exact same day reminds me of his faithfulness that mm. he's like, none of this was accidental. Mm -hmm. This is intentional. I want you to know I'm faithful. Yeah. And, and I showed up for you. I'm sure there are many times in that year that you thought, this is not going well. I don't know where we're going. Yeah, you know? to give you a brief snapshot of where I had gone, you know, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, um, you know, uh, in God's mercy, the, the days after that kind of fateful night, um, my, my tour for Turkey left. So I went on this trip and that was so healing because I met just some really incredible people and some pastors. I, I went by myself. It was just me and some other you know, pastors and people at a church in Grand Rapids and uh, met some really incredible people there. Mm. And they ministered to me all in different ways, mm. like just so many different conversations on different hikes of ancient sites. And, and so my heart was just really full after that. I was just so blessed by that experience. And at the same time, Carrie and the kids came out here to spend time with her parents. And so we kind of had that time to just let it percolate a little bit inside of us without having to kind of be around each other and, right. and discuss it. Uh, but I got home like a day or two before Carrie. And I just remember being in my office in Michigan and it was like the ugly crying tears yeah. that you do when you're just like, it all of a sudden just hits you in a wave and you don't have any words. You're just, you're just crying. And so, um, yeah, there were just some really, really seasons of sadness because there was so much loss yeah. that was involved in all of and that. And you have to, grieve that and feel it and deal with it and then still move towards something else yeah and there's a you know a blend of mm. all of the mm -hmm. things as you're doing that yeah so i love that yesterday or on the 31st was a reminder like ryan i've got you right that god yeah. brought you here and he's starting this new work and mm -hmm. um probably blowing past your expectations of what you could do in a year or where mm. you could go. Yeah. I mean, cause look at us, like who <laughs> yeah. would have imagined? Yeah. Right? I would have never imagined it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. your testimony. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Obviously um, you're an expert on your story and experiences. Um, but do you feel like the spirit put some people from Arbor, whether it's staff, elders, people that you talked to during the interview process or even congregants you've met um, that kind of informed you on our side of the story when you got up to share that message yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I would say from the from the very beginning, um, my time with the search committee and different individuals who uh, interviewed me in that process and shared bits of the story there mm -hmm. uh, to, I think most importantly, um, our time together that first week of April. And I think that's when we really just kind of said, hey, here's who I am, here's who we are. Um, being able to kind of fully understand the story. I think that's a lot of what uh, the Lord used to yeah. compel us to mm. come out here uh, mm. was how aligned our stories seem mm. to be. Mm -hmm. And um, 
hopefully, you know, it was going to be a situation where the Lord would use it for mm-hmm. growth and healing for all of us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's any like particular yeah. conversation or mm-hmm. person. It was just kind of over time mm-hmm. through those initial Zoom yeah. interviews with the search committee, but then especially I think solidified in that week here, mm-hmm. uh, there was just a lot of yes. This is um, mm-hmm. this is where we need to be. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I I think you said aligned, but I, I almost feel like with your guys' story and our story as a church, it's you know almost those two puzzle pieces going aligned because they are coming together because mm-hmm. they're not, we don't have the same story, um, the plants and the arb and Arbor, but they're similar church hurts. Right. And I feel like what's cool about it is you guys have a different side of that hurt and we have a different side of that hurt. And there's a little bit of connective tissue there in the stories, but both offer unique perspectives and can, I, some empathy and sympathy can be placed there. So Yeah, and that's not even to mention all the other interpersonal and personal hurts that we all bring to the table. Exactly. I yeah. think what is unique about it is mm-hmm. very recent, significant hurt yeah. that, that both sides have gone through that I think the Lord's going to use to minister mm-hmm. uh, to us and to the whole church body and to the surrounding area mm-hmm. yeah. in a very unique way. I mm-hmm. mean, the reason why we have this great high priest who can sympathize with us because he's understood our weakness. Mm-hmm. I think this is the the very thing the Lord has kind of walked us all through together so that we would be able to truly yeah. accomplish our mission as a church, mm-hmm. which is not simply to help um, people helping people find and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think there's that special caveat that, that there is, there's a, an, a spe, there's a special attention on those who are hurting, mm-hmm. those who are lost, those mm-hmm. who are lo- I, like, that's, yeah. that's something that you can only do mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you can only do well mm-hmm. if it's a road that you've, yeah. you're well familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, when you had told us staff where you were, um, planning on going for this first message, I think in the back of my head, I was like, oh, he's probably going to go for, you know, like a heater, just a fastball. And then you come with this off-speed pitch of um, (laughs) suffering, right, and despair. And obviously, spirit prompted you, and you have enough knowledge to know that's what we needed to hear. And we got to hear so much of that yesterday was that was the message that this group needed to hear Mm -hmm. typically when a new pastor comes in, it's like, here's yeah. the great expectations. Here's where we're going. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is what you need to look forward to. And um, there was enough understanding of context there of like that was um, probably the best message for this context for both Arbor, the congregation, but also what you have to offer um, to the congregation. So I think it was um, just an amazing message to be shared with us. But um, I, I want to know because... I am the person that puts together slides right at Mm -hmm. the church for Sunday morning. And I got to see your manuscript and it was like the most unique manuscript that I've seen in terms of people that have came through and preached here. Mm. Um, I just kind of want to know what's your process like when you sit down and you're on, obviously on this one, you had more time to prepare than most of your sermons will be week Mm -hmm. to week. Um, What's your process like when you figure out, here's what I'm preaching on, here's where I'm going. What does that look like for you? Like on a, let's just say from a Sunday to Sunday kind of preparation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I like to always preach from a text. I like to make, to ensure that, you know, the message being taught is the message of God's word. I think that's where the power lies. I think the spirit uses that. Um, And so I spend a lot of time with the text and I will Mm -hmm. read it 
and read it and read it and read it. I create a note on my computer and I break down the verses and just kind of write impressions. Mm -hmm. And as I pray over that, just that the spirit kind of leads and insights and thoughts and write all that down. And then I will um, maybe read a commentary or two, Mm -hmm. write those notes down. And then, you know, as the mind's kind of percolating around uh, on the idea, you know, if there are stories or thoughts or ideas, sometimes they just kind of come to mind. Sometimes you'll just go like a Google rabbit trail yeah. and like kind of read about different things and 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 see perhaps how those kind of thoughts or insights. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's something I've read previously that I have in my notes that I'll want to like pull in and incorporate. Uh, you know, for this one in particular, I have notes for all the books I've read, you know, over the last few years. And so I'll just type in suffering and I'll look through different quotes mm. that I've highlighted mm-hmm. already previously yeah. on suffering. Where do you store those? You want to get in the nitty gritty? Yeah. I want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So I use a program called Notion. Okay. And um, I, I, I like paper books, but I read everything on a Kindle Paperwhite mm-hmm. and I'll highlight on the Kindle Paperwhite. And there's a program called Readwise that will import all my highlights gotcha. into Notion so yeah. that I can search everything I've read that Great. I found okay. interesting so that it's available for things like that. So that's like the nitty gritty as yeah. to how I kind of am able to access all that stuff. Um, and then, um, then I'll have like this like kind of... Um, I don't know, cloud of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. sort of in this like formless thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I, I usually need like interpersonal discussion mm-hmm. or a whiteboard or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when things get more tangible and kind of crystallize around an idea or a set of ideas. Um, I don't kind of go for like a bullet, like one, two, three, alliterated points kind of thing, <laughs> like kind of whatever the thing needs to be. Yeah. I, I just want to give it the freedom to do that. And then finally for me, I have to like um, write it all out. Mm -hmm. So not everyone is like this. There are some people who are tremendously gifted extemporaneous Mm -hmm. thinkers and speakers. Mm -hmm. For me, in order to to think clearly, I have to write it out Mm -hmm. clearly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'll do that. And um, I'll usually like articulate it. So if you ever walk by my office while I'm working on my sermon, you'll see me just like talking to myself Mm -hmm. because I need to hear it out loud and then I'll put it on the paper and then I'll just reread it and Mm -hmm. redo it and... You know, a lot of what I end up saying is is stuff that as I've prayed through and prepared was on that page, but, mm-hmm. you know, it can go different directions and deviate yeah. at times. Did anything pop in on Sunday that you hadn't written down that you felt in the moment that needed to be said? Mm, I would say at the end, um, and the end is usually when a lot of it just kind of becomes its own thing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there were, some, there were some things that I did want to say um, regarding what um, pressing forward in trust mm-hmm. yeah. and would look like. Uh, but what came out was completely different. And I can't really remember what came out, but whatever came out at the end was like not not what I'd originally written mm-hmm. or prepared for at all. So I yeah. when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've gotten to know Brian, Allison, and Cliff more by looking at their manuscripts and their yeah. notes. Because like it's one thing for someone to talk and get to know them through their body language and all of that. But then to see their raw thought process mm-hmm. put on a page, you're like, okay, I feel like I'm getting to know you more. And I saw your notes that you sent me and I'm like, I thought I had Ryan pegged a little bit. And then I saw your notes <laughs> and I was like, I all actually, right, I've heard, some I, learning. I heard chatter in the hall about his notes too. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but one of the things we like to do, uh, on the podcast on a weekly basis is hopefully people come in, they're moved by the word and, and an idea that maybe hit them. 
Um, and if they're listening to this, hopefully it's because they heard the message and they liked it or mm-hmm. it spoke to them. And I'm feeling a little challenged right now because one of the main points of your sermon was getting away from a dependency on ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I like to ask the speaker is application. What can we do after hearing that message? And even just saying that sentence, what can we do? Um, sure. <laughs> is a little countercultural to or counter uh, intuitive to what you had said. So yeah. I guess if if I'm somebody who really identified, like I heard what you were saying, I I do rely on myself too much or I do when I have these moments of despair, I'd go into fix it mode. What would be something that you would say to them application wise or some a tangible step that they can move forward in after hearing your message mm. yesterday? Yeah, I would say um I would say find an avenue to pray in a way that you haven't prayed before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could look different for different people. I think for some people perhaps the challenge is find someone that you trust that you um maybe go to Arbor with mm-hmm. and find time to pray with that person. Mm. You know, we pray every Wednesday here at 1030 with the, with the prayer team and my heart, I mean, I've only been here for a few weeks and I've only been able to go to one, mm-hmm. but I was, when I was touring Arbor that first week of April, I just kind of like happened upon the meeting yeah. and got prayed for. And I was like, Whoa, what just happened? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was such a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so there's just something that happens when we pray with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when when husbands and wives pray together, when mm-hmm. roommates pray together, when we mm-hmm. pray with our children, mm-hmm. um, I think it—I don't know, for lack of a better term—I think it moves the the the, the needle of faith in, mm-hmm. in in a different direction. I think there's a sense in which, kind of, what happens in our own interior world becomes a little bit more real or expressed. Mm-hmm. And so, the dependence I feel on God when I pray alone—again, this might not be a universal truth for everyone but this is an experience that I've had that when mm-hmm. I pray with other people and I hear other people's hearts toward the Lord and mm-hmm. I'm able to express my heart in front of it. I know some people that probably they're like, heck no, that freaks yeah. me out. I never want to do that. But I think that perhaps for some people that's the, that's, that's a, that's a good next step for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had heard the P word, the prayer word, yeah. um, as your application, uh, towards the end, you were encouraging us in these different circumstances. And the answer was, pray mm-hmm. and pray and pray, you know, so praying alone or praying together with someone mm-hmm. um, mm. would be a great outcome. And I think, how did Paul phrase it in the scripture? It was, um, he was like thanking the people for praying for them, right? Mm-hmm. That it had served, he had seen a, a difference because of it. Yes. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. As you, yeah, he said, as you join us in mm-hmm. prayer, mm. you know, um, and, um, I think it was, you know, as, as you see it in the flow of thought, it appears to be the sense like directly connected to you've been suffering. Um, and it's so that you would not depend on us, but you depend on God. Mm. Um, and in your dependence on God, as you pray, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then many will see mm-hmm. yeah. the goodness of God poured out amidst our uncertainty and suffering. Mm. Right. That's the, that's the blessing there. Mm. Wow. Well, we're getting close to the half hour mark. So unless there's anything else you guys, uh, you know, been holding on to that you want to share, um, I'm going to wrap things up. But speak now or forever hold your peace. Allison, you have anything else? I just was going to say, you know, what a beautiful, wonderful, exciting way to start mm-hmm. a new chapter mm. with a new pastor. Yeah. Um, somebody who 
preached a message of humility and dependence on God. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, high five. Yeah. <laughs> yes. More of that. Yes, yeah. please. So mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, next week is the 10, 10 part bullet plan of everything <laughs> yeah. we're going to do. So. Right, right. Yeah. Your do 95 you, theses. Yeah. Do you want to preview for coming attractions at all? Yeah. What's um, down the pike? Yeah. Ryan, if you feel comfortable, um, any any uh, peeling back of the curtain of, of what you might have going this next week? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for the next two weeks, and then we have a break for our service Sunday and the two weeks after that, yeah. uh, we're going to look at a few snapshots in the Sermon on the Mount. I think we are cleverly calling it the Summer on the Mount. Yes. Right. And so... Um, and um, what's so what's so beautiful about the Sermon on the Mount is I really do think that it's sort of kind of Jesus' great manifesto, his sermon as mm-hmm. to what what a kingdom people look like. Yeah. And I think um, in the 21st century, in our day and age right now, um, we need um, we need that kind of kingdom people in this world. Uh, it doesn't mean that we are not going to encounter conflict or mm-hmm. address conflict. Um, it doesn't mean that. We are a passive group who simply dwells within this room. Mm-hmm. I think there are some very pointed words that Jesus has for his people that are just as applicable for the church in America in the 21st mm-hmm. century as it was 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, the first time he gave uh, that sermon. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hopeful that it, will, that it will encourage us and give us some hope and guidance to be the people of God in our day and age mm-hmm. when the people of God are just as divided as yeah. every other um, mm-hmm. tribe in this yeah. country. Bring it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for sitting down, chatting about the message, chatting about Arbor. Um, And thank you uh, to all the listeners or watchers. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Yeah. See you next week.